Y'all, it's Trey Rainey of the Six Man, and welcome to the Six Man Podcast, brought to you by the Six Man, where it's always basketball season. Make sure you go visit thesixman.com. That's the six with the six, not an S. And follow us on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and SoundCloud. And make sure you subscribe to us on the iTunes Podcast app. That's right, it's the Six Man, your number one stop for everything basketball. Now let's start the show. Trust the process. Trust the process. What's going on, y'all? Thank y'all for checking out the this next episode of the Six Man Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Trey Rainey. And um, this is a great day for Philadelphia fans. Uh, you know, I just want to say before we even get this started, I know I didn't do a podcast on the um, the end of the finals. You know, our season has ended and the Warriors, as most of us predicted on July 4th last year, are the NBA champions uh, once again, as they should be. They earned it. Kevin Durant played very well, deserved his MVP, and uh, deserved his ring that he got this year. So, you know, congratulations to him, to Steph, to Draymond, to Clay, to Steve Kerr, and uh, the rest of the organization over there. The only reason I didn't do a podcast about it is because, you know, I'm pretty salty about it. To just be straight up honest with you, I'm salty about it. I'm salty about how this entire NBA season went and um, how it ended. And as far as Kevin Durant getting his first ring... I mean, what, you want a cookie? But anyway, uh, I'll leave it to one of my favorite quotes. Rihanna said it best. Uh, Joining a 73-win team to win your first championship is like losing your virginity to a hooker. Sorry, not sorry. But anyway, like I was saying, trust the process, man. Um, The draft is lit this year. Shout out to the draft. You know, before we've got a couple of blockbuster, well, we've got one blockbuster trade that could, you know, turn into a couple blockbuster trades. But um, even before these trades were popping, we uh, this draft was going to be very good. We got LeVar Ball turning Lonzo up to the point where we didn't even talk about any of the other uh, drafts. Uh, excuse me, any of, the, any of the other draft prospects. We've got De'Aaron Fox who's going on the F. LeVar Ball tour. You know, he's going from show to show saying, yeah, I'm better than Lonzo Ball. I'm not sure why he's not saying he's not better than anybody else in the draft. He just wants to be better than Lonzo Ball. I guess that's his biggest, you know, his biggest accomplishment at this point is beating Lonzo Ball in the, uh, in the Sweet 16. But, you know, anyway, I think De'Aaron Fox is a great player, but I think he needs to let go of this, uh, this Lonzo Ball, LeVar Ball thing because, you know, he did his thing. He, he took that matchup personally. And anybody who watched the game, he wore that boy out on both sides of the court. And I'm a Lonzo fan. And I, and, and I got to keep it 100. De'Aaron Fox wore that boy out from end to end. Now, they have reports that Lonzo, you know, had other things on his mind because, you know, his mother was, uh, was in the hospital and she wasn't doing well at the time. But I put it at the end of the day, you know, when you get on the court, you play. And, you know, as far as what happened on the court, De'Aaron Fox wore that boy out. So I think he needs to let it go. But this episode today is called Trust the Process because it's based off of the draft and um, the trade that pretty much shook up the entire draft. Well, the Celtics were relinquished their number one overall pick to the 76ers so they could get it. And they plan to draft a DMV kid, Markel Fultz. Now, shout out to Markel Fultz. I will say this first off, you know, I have traded him for the hometown, for KD as the hometown kid that I'm rooting for, at least until he does something that I don't, that I truly don't agree with at the heart. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, shout out to KD. He, he did his thing. But 
Markel Fultz is the new guy that I'm rooting for uh, from around the way. You know, I think he's going to be a great player. I'm not sure if he'll be a KD-esque player, but, you know, time will tell. Time will definitely tell. Now, let's talk about this trade really quickly. Uh, the Celtics have traded their number one overall pick to the 76ers, and what they get in return is this year's number three pick, a 2018 first-round pick from the Lakers, if it's, bet- if, it's, uh, if it's between numbers two and five, and a 2019 first-round pick from Sacramento if the Lakers pick is not between the two and the five pick. Now, this pick says a lot of different things to me on the... Um, it's, a lot, it's a lot of things to unpack with this trade. The first thing I'll say is... Now, I'm not even going to say if, because, you know, that's what they're going to do now. If the Sixers take Markel Fultz, number one, and you can bring out a lineup of the future with Markel Fultz, Ben Simmons, who was compared to LeBron James coming out of high school, uh, Joel Embiid, who is my second favorite player in the league outside of John Wall, just because he does it for the culture, and he gets buckets. He's nice, too, by the way. And, um, and Dario Sarge, who was a rookie this year, who actually averaged about 12.6 boards and two assists a game as a rookie. And, you know, he has a lot of upside as well, especially as like a stretch four or, you know, or even a, or even a wing player at the three. This is a, this is a team that could, be, that could be the next super team in the next four or five years. This is the possible, this reminds me a lot of the OKC Thunder or what they should have been if they could keep all of these players. Now I know I haven't seen we haven't seen Ben Simmons play at all. Um, Joel Embiid has yet to stay healthy for a full season, so there's question marks there. Dario Sarge, you know he's pretty good, but you know he's not this outstanding prospect, you know like others. But you know he still has plenty of time to grow and get better. And Markel Fultz, he is the consensus number one pick, but we haven't seen him play yet, and, you know. And there's always going to be questions when we haven't seen you do it on the NBA level. But let's look at it this way. Trusting the process has finally got us to this point for the 76ers where they can actually have something to root for other than someone being healthy. You know, I feel so bad for Sixers fans over the past four or five years because they've been screaming this trust the process, trust the process, where they've literally tried to lose as many games as they possibly could to get the number one pick. And it's interesting because they haven't gotten the number one pick. Every time they lose and lose and lose and lose, and they always find, the, find a way to get that three pick, find a way to get that four pick. But you know what? They say, you know what? We're not going for that. We've got plenty. Of, uh, we, we, we've trusted the process long enough. We're going to jump out there and go get the boy we want. When Markel Fultz came in there and Joel Embiid put the picture up of him at the locker room, said this should be legendary if it happens. I said, okay, I wouldn't be shocked if I see a trade come in the next couple of days to go up and get this number one pick because Markel is not going to drop. He's definitely not going to drop. I've got a few questions about Markel Fultz, and I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. Um, I've done my research on Markel, and I've watched him play, and um, the boy doesn't seem to have any holes in his game. I mean, he can shoot the ball. He's I, I really like his his, you know, his ability, his ability to to stop and go, he can pretty much stop a go on the on you know on the stop of a dime. He's very good in the lane. He's a smart player too. You don't see him taking too many bad shots, and even the bad shots he takes, you know, they go in. 
So, you know, I'll take I, – I think Markel Fultz is going to be a pretty good player. The only question I have about Markel Fultz is kind of the same question that I have about Ben Simmons. And even though I saw Ben Simmons play in the summer league and he kind of disparaged a lot of the things that I thought would hold him back in the summer league, even though it is just the summer league and it's not the big boys, it is just the summer league. But I think the summer league can tell you a lot about at least, at least a player's playing style and how they're going to get and what they're going to be doing in the league you know, in the future. And like I say, these guys are rookies. But the only thing I have against Marco Fultz is, you know, you played for Washington. And, you know, I felt, you know, I know he went to Washington because, you know, that was the first team that really, that really went out and tried to get him before these other big teams were, were you know, were recruiting him. They recruited him as a sophomore while he was still on JV here at DeMatha. Now, how many number one overall picks are sophomores on JV in high school. That should just tell you how much this guy is willing to put the work in. He knows what it feels like to not be good enough, unlike most of these guys that come in who are good enough off breaks. So, you know, this guy's going to put in the work, and that's one thing I do love about Markel Fultz. I know he's going to do whatever he has to do to take his game to the next level. And, you know, and that's and outside of his already crazy wingspan, he's 6'4 with a 6'10 wingspan, so he'll have you know, an advantage over a lot of the guards in the league right now just over just with size in itself. But the only thing I have against Markel Fultz right now is, you know, your team won nine games. Nine games. That, I mean, that's, that's something we should think about. You know, if you're that good, I feel like you should win more than nine games in the league. And, and this is just, and like I said, this is not me hating on the boys. I think, you know, a college career doesn't always tell you how it's going to translate on the NBA level, especially when you play somewhere like Washington where, you know, I'm not going to say it's a bunch of bums, but compared to Markel Fultz, they're a bunch of bums, okay? I, and I'm not, I don't want nobody's Lonzo Ball type father from Washington to come attack me and tell me, you know, I'm not a big baller or nothing like that. But honestly, Markel Fultz is out there doing work by himself. It's, 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 a big, it's kind of like a Westbrook Thunder situation out there, but... I mean, at least at least Westbrook made the playoffs, you know, and and it's kind of the same thing I said with Ben Simmons last year, or the year before last, excuse me, where I'm like, hey, you know, Ben Simmons, you're the you're the baddest man in the world, you know, you're the consensus number one pick, but you didn't make the tournament in the SEC, and and pretty much in the SEC, you've got you've got two major players. And one of them has gone down in the last couple of years. You got two major players. You got Kentucky. You've got, excuse me, you've got Florida. You've got South Carolina. But other than that, there's nothing that should be stopping you from making the tournament. And, you know, if, if, even if you lose to Kentucky twice, no one's mad at that. I mean, it's Kentucky. I mean, they're pretty much an NBA-ready squad every other year. So... I do hold that against Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz right now just because you, winning, being a winner has a lot to do with, you know, how you're going to project on the next level. Talent is one thing, but being a winner. I think something, there's something to say about a team that's a winner. You should, you should be able to elevate the rest of your team enough to make the NCAA tournament if you're going to be the consistent, uh, uh, you know, the consensus number one player in the nation and the best player in the country to go number one overall. But that's my only thing about Ben Simmons and Markel Foles. I think this is actually a perfect storm for all of them because they come with a guy like Joel Embiid 
who is probably the most confident player in the world. Well, not saying the world, but he's probably the most confident young player in, in the league right now. You know, oozing with swag, too much sauce on Joel Embiid. I, I love everything about him. I loved him when he went smack at Rihanna. I loved him when he asked LeBron to join the Sixers and make a super team. I mean, it, I love the fact that he that he screams, you can't guard me to, you know, six-year vets in the league when he's giving them work. I, I like everything about Joel Embiid, man. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm trusting the process at this point, and I really hope it works out for them. But they really have a chance to be a really great team going down the road. And I hope Markel Fultz turns it out for him next year. I hope Ben Simmons turns it out for him next year as well. And I just hope Joel Embiid stays healthy. That's my biggest thing right now with Joel Embiid. I hope he stays healthy. Now let's look at the other side of this trade. Because it looks like everybody won right here. I got to say, Danny Ainge is that guy you just don't want to bet. Because it seems like even if you win, he kind of won more than you did. You know, this guy is just stocking picks like lottery tickets. And, you know, he's that guy that's at the gas station that's just that's just watching the horses race. And, you know, if he wins, he wins five dollars, he's going to go back and, and flip that five dollars and make it ten. He's the master flipper. OK. Danny Ainge is the master flipper. He's, you know, he's been able to flip all of these picks and more picks and more picks. And, and he's gotten so much leverage at this point where he could pretty much roll the dice and take chances on whatever he wants to do and still not really lose much. Because, you know, he's, which is crazy, he's still got the Brooklyn Nets pick next year. And that's going to be the number one or number two pick again, probably. I mean, unless they get a, unless Jeremy Lin turns back into New York Knicks, Jeremy Lin, and, and, and turns them out. And, and they somehow make the playoffs and then they lose out on it, which ain't going to happen. But, you know, even if that unless that happens, they're going to get the number one pick again next year. So shout out to Danny Ainge, who has who I, I he was the ultimate Boston Celtic from his playing days to his GM days. He's definitely done all the dirty work to make sure that his that uh, the Boston Celtics are at the top. But. Another thing that I saw about this is I know uh, they had questions about not drafting Markel Fultz because of, you know, him not being a quote-unquote winner. And, um, you know, that remains to be seen at the end of the day. Like I said, I'm not going to hold that against Markel Fultz, but so much. But it is something to think about. But one thing I will say is that the Celtics are really going to make a play for Jimmy Butler. Now, I know, um, I know a big reason they made this trade as well, because they've had conversations about whether or not, um, the, excuse me, the Sixers have had conversations with the Chicago Bulls about uh, moving up to the number three uh, pick in the draft, and they were willing to give up Jimmy Butler, because at this point, Chicago is not in win-now mode. Chicago is in, you know, we're in rebuild mode now. D-Wade came back. It was a homecoming story. Oh, it was nice and fun. But, you know, that's over now, Okay. That's over. Everybody needs to get over that. Um, I thought that was a terrible move. I mean, not a terrible move, but I thought signing Rondo, getting D-Wade, and to pair them with Jimmy Butler, I, th I thought that was a terrible team. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in the future. It's not like they signed Rondo to a lo super long contract. D-Wade signed a two-year deal, and I'm sure he'll opt out and try to join the Cavs next year, go back with his boy LeBron, see if he can get another ring. But at the end of the day, it looks like they're going to flip uh, uh Chicago is going to flip Jimmy Butler for that number 3 pick. 
Because I think they're really going to go after Josh Jackson from Kansas, who personally I think is the best player in this draft. Or maybe not the best player right now. I think is going to be the best uh, down the road. He's a big boy. He plays both ends of the floor. I love his aggression. He's out there. He's an angry cat. You know, he reminds me of like he reminds me of like a bigger a bigger Westbrook. You know, when Justin Jackson makes his presence felt on the court whenever you see him play. Like whenever you see Josh Jackson out there, I mean, of course you're gonna see that big bush coming through the lane, but it's a big body. And but the only thing about Josh Jackson that stopped him from going number one, honestly, to me is I know he's had a lot of questions about his entourage and um, you know, saying the company that he keeps, he's had some incidents off the court. And um, actually, some thoughts about, I also heard this today, um, they had some, some worries about his mother, saying that his mother's a little outspoken and does, you know, and does a little too much. Maybe not to the level of LeVar Ball, but people are starting to worry about their, uh, their, uh, his mother. And I will say this one thing. If, if you guys, if, if NBA teams are worried about what the parents have to say, whether it's Lonzo Ball, uh, I mean, LeVar Ball, or, just, or Josh Jackson's mother... If you're worried about what the parents have to say, guess what? You're a losing team because you're thinking too much. Because at the end of the day, if that boy gets on the court and balls, it doesn't matter what the parents say. Okay? It doesn't matter. It does not matter. I mean, but anyway, getting off the point there. But it looks like the Celtics really might win with this because they're going to come up and be able to more than likely, I mean, this isn't a definite, but this is what I think is going to happen. I think they're going to trade uh, that number three pick and get Jimmy Butler, sign Gordon Hayward in the offseason, and, um, and still be able to not have to give up any of their players, still have Isaiah Thomas under contract, still be able to keep Marcus Smart off the bench, still be able to keep Jay Crowder, Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek, uh, Al Horford, and... I'm not saying that this squad is going to be better than the Cavs. And it hurts me as a Wizards fan to say this, but if they're able to pull this off to get a Gordon Hayward and pull off this trade for Jimmy Butler, Cavaliers better watch out. Because, you know, they're not as good at the top and they don't have a player in the LeBron. And as long as the Cavs have LeBron James, they'll always be the dominant team in the East. But this could be like a like a bad boys Pistons type situation where, you know, you don't have anybody as good as as good as LeBron. Just like the Pistons didn't have anybody as good as Bird for the Celtics, but they're about they're already about eight guys deep. But to add Jimmy Butler and then to add Gordon Hayward too, that makes your team about ten players deep on a thirteen man roster. To, be, to, to legitimately be able to go 10 deep, you can go Isaiah Thomas, Jimmy Butler, Gordon Hayward, Kelly Olenek, uh, Al Horford, Avery Bradley, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Jay Crowder. That's nine right there. I'm sure I'm missing somebody right now, but that's nine right there. And these are all above average NBA talents right there. So, you know, the Celtics are going to be something to prove, they're going to be something to deal with if they're able to uh, flip this trade and get Jimmy Butler on this team. Once again, man, you know, the draft is lit this year. It's going to be interesting to see what happens if they don't trade this number three pick for uh, Jimmy Butler 
and see who they do actually pick. I think they go with Josh Jackson at that point if they still hold on to this number three pick. But I think Danny Ainge is going to do whatever he can do to get Jimmy Butler over there now. Because even if they're not able to contend with the... They'll be able to contend with the Cavs, but even if they can't beat the Cavs this year, if they get Jimmy Butler over there, and it's pretty much a, a done deal, Gordon Hayward going to the Celtics. Cavs better watch out. Because not next year, but the year afterwards... The Celtics are going to be a problem. But then again, they might lose Isaiah Thomas, who's going to want that Supermax contract. And I don't know if you pay a Supermax contract to a guy that's 29 years old and who can't defend a stop sign. And I love Isaiah Thomas. You know, we all love our short players in the league. Whenever we get a short player that gets buckets, you got to root for him. And, and Isaiah Thomas gets buckets like as at the same level or higher than any player in the league not named Kevin Durant right now. So I think KD is, is the official top bucket getter in the league. But outside of him, maybe Steph and maybe Kyrie, Isaiah Thomas gets buckets, man. But I'm not sure if they're going to pay him, you know, that 160 to $200 million that he's looking for. I'm not sure if I would pay it. Maybe if you could get a two or three year deal where he'll get max money for two or three years, okay, cool. But I think Isaiah wants that, um, he wants that super max contract. And if they don't sign him, they will riot in the streets of Boston because he is the reason that the Celtics are contenders at this point. He is not the, not the, not the, no, he's not the only reason. But he's the number one, number two, and number three reason why the Celtics had any opportunity to be the number one seed in the East this year and actually even have a chance to contend for the Eastern Conference. Shout out to my Wizards, by the way. John Wall's going to be the MVP this year, this next coming year. I said it. But anyway, man, this, this draft is, this draft is going to be very lit. It's going to be very interesting to see if maybe they make a trade mid-draft. I think that would, you know... That would be awesome if, if we get to that number three pick and then we get news from the uh, from Adam Silver saying that the six uh, excuse me the Celtics have traded the number three pick to Chicago for Jimmy Butler and maybe another pick or something like that. That would be dope. That would definitely be dope. It, let's make the draft lit again. Just want to thank y'all for joining me today on this episode of the Six Man Podcast. Trust the process. Trust the process. I, th I think the Sixers are going to be really good. But anyway, like I said, thanks for checking out this episode of Six Man Podcast. Make sure you follow me, the host, Trey Rainey, on all social media platforms. You can follow me on Facebook. Uh, that's just Trey Rainey, T-R-E-Y-R-A-I-N-E-Y -E -E on Facebook. I do a lot of debate on my Facebook, man. Um, that's where the sports community comes and debates me on all the crazy things that I say. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter. And that's going to be at Mr. Trey Rainey, M-R-T-R-E-Y-R-A-I-N-E-Y. -E -E I'll have all of that in the description for those of you who can't spell. And um, also follow The Six Man on all social media platforms as well. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and SoundCloud. We're almost at 1,000 plays for The Six Man Podcast. I want to thank everybody so much who's been, who's been supporting the podcast, who's been reposting it, retweeting it, telling their friends about it putting it in their statuses, yelling at me, begging to come on. And I know I challenge people to come uh, debate me here on this podcast. I've only had one person to come 
to come sit on this podcast with me, other than CEO Mike Moreau. So I'm sending this challenge out here again. Anybody who wants to come debate me on this podcast, or just wants to come, t- even if you don't want to debate me, if you just want to come talk some ball, because, you know, I, I, I don't always debate. Sometimes we can just come talk ball, because that's fun as well. This, this is what we do here at the Six Man Podcast. It's always basketball season. So, you know, hit up my Facebook, hit up uh, the Six Man's Facebook, hit up the Six Man's Instagram, send a DM, and, you know, just, just give us a date and time that works for you, and we'll see if we'll try to put something together for you. You know, it's the Six Man Podcast. Thank you all for listening. It's time you take us out. Six Man Podcast, press play, you know it's lit. And you think you know the game, but you don't get it like the Six Man.